Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our study of the holy and powerful word of God. And recently we were discussing the story of King David and how he despised the word of the Lord and Nathan came to rebuke him. So we're just going to run through a really quick review. The person who takes the word for granted. So whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's him, whether it's her, the person who takes it lightly and fails to abide and understand the word of God, the devil will take it away, meaning he will take the word away or else if he does not do that, the word's going to prosper on its own. Remember, the word of God does not return back to him void. There is a purpose. Amen. Do you remember talking about this already? Again, this is a review. And if you recall, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That is the word of God. We will not despise the word of the Lord, meaning we will not devalue it. We are to take it seriously because when we have insight security, it brings fear to us. Security leads to no fear. And of course, I mean security in Jesus Christ and everything that he says, which includes the holy and powerful word of God. This is why Paul says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul was saying, don't even feel secure of your salvation because someone else told you. Just because somebody, maybe your pastor tells you you're saved. Don't feel secure in that. When you are secure, you have become less fearful of God. And you need to acknowledge that. And I need to acknowledge that every day. When people feel so friendly with God and so close to God, the less people fear. Okay? And King David is a good example of that. It should be the opposite. The closer we get to God, the more we fear, the more we tremble, the more we understand the authority that he has, and the more seriously we are to take the word and abide in it immediately. Amen. We were discussing 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 7 to 15. I'm not going to read them, but I am going to paraphrase. This is when Nathan came to King David and said, you are the man, meaning you are the one at fault. The Lord through Nathan, right, was saying, why have you devalued my word? Why have you taken it lightly? And I pray that anyone listening to this podcast, that no one will despise or devalue the word of God. Instead, may you receive it with meekness because that's what the word of God says. That is how we are to receive the engrafted word. And the word will grow by itself. We should humble ourselves before the word, understanding that it is for us and that it can transform us. Amen. The route of disobedience is people despising the word of God. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom again. Then when we fear everything the Lord says, we believe, okay? And we implement it into our lives because we believe it. And what I mean is we obey the word, okay? And we learn that David did not treat the word of God as holy and powerful. The word of the Lord came to Nathan who said, you killed Uriah with the sword and you took his wife because you were not afraid of the consequence of despising the word. You see, the word has power. Okay, I want to pause and I want to stress, and we've talked about this before, but the word of God is either going to bring tremendous blessings into your life or a curse. Okay, and Nathan said, the sword will never depart from your house, King David. Meaning, here, you can see 
that the word of the Lord is God himself. It's hard to understand that, but that is his word. God is the one that said the sword will never depart from your house. Okay. And God, he's the word himself. And that's how it works. If we despise his word, then we despise him, Jesus Christ. And if we are guilty of this, then the sword does not depart from us. Nathan had said there is going to be, Nathan said there's not going to be an end in the destruction in your house. That's what Nathan was saying by the sword will not depart. When people lack the knowledge in God, they can't discern if the adversity that they're facing is from God or Satan. Here, it's fear, the lack of fear in the Lord that allowed sin to enter King David's life, which is why the Lord cursed. The Lord was going to expose it publicly, remember, because David slept with Bathsheba, right, in secret. Do you see what God does when we sin? Even when we think no one sees, he sees it and he will publicize it. He will make it known. We can still ask God for mercy amongst the adversity like David did. David did. And though God may comfort us, which God did comfort David, but God did not lift the punishment. God does not lift the chastisement because we earned it. What we sow is what we reap. Amen? So David, the anointed king, he sinned. So the destruction will not depart from his house. And even David admitted to sinning, but it was not enough to remove the punishment. David had to admit and repent from the sin that was required, but it did not remove the chastisement on his life. There are so many today who repent and are saved and baptized by the Holy Spirit even, yet they are suffering hardships. Why? Because those consequences are not erased. We still have to answer to them, though we are forgiven. Why? Because we serve a fair God, and he made this world balanced. Amen? That was just a quick review. Let's continue our study of the holy and powerful word of God. Recently, we went through the four different kinds of people who hear the word of God, and we dove deeper into the kind of person who hears the word but does nothing with it and does not receive it. So Satan comes to devour it, which means to snatch it away, to take it away completely, leaving only judgment for the person or place that it was heard in. The word of God will either bless or curse a person, okay? We just talked about that in our, in our quick review. And we need to understand that here today, that when the word of God is ignored, including when you have an opportunity to hear the word of God and you continue to put it behind you, okay? When you know that there is a good thing to do and you don't do it, that is ignoring. You haven't escaped his judgment. You are left with great judgment and accountability. And as always, let's repeat our verses we've been focusing on in Isaiah 55, verse 11, spoken by the prophet Isaiah. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 23, 29, spoken by the prophet Jeremiah is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Amen. We will now focus on the second type of ground discussed in the parable of the sower, and we will begin to focus and expound upon the second ground. So this is the second type of person Jesus spoke about. 
In Mark chapter 4, verse 16, it says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Okay, so these likewise are the ones. What does that refer to? The seeds. Who? We need to pay attention to the pronoun here, right? This is a parable, but we need to pay attention to the words God is using because this reveals Jesus is talking about people. Sown, meaning throwing the seeds. We talked about scattering the seed. It does not require cultivation of the ground. Okay, so their seeds are sown on stony ground, and stony ground is symbolic of a type of person, meaning they, many people, so the people, when they, when the people hear the word of God, they immediately receive it with gladness. They did not spend time to digest the word and fully understand the word so that they can understand what they need to do to qualify, okay, to qualify for the blessings of God, to qualify for that word to come to pass in their lives. And today, too many people are like this. They jump for joy when they receive the instruction and they see the promise of God, but fail to think, what's required of me to get that promise? How do I need to change? How do I need to accept the engrafted word with meekness so that I can be transformed to be pleasing to Jesus to fulfill the calling in my life? So they rather celebrate hearing the words rather than what the words mean to them, meaning what are they required to do? Instead, too many people, they just say, amen, hallelujah. It's like doctors today, you know? You have one doctor who immediately prescribes medication because it works the fastest. It gives you temporary relief. But then you have to keep taking it, and it does not attack the root problem. But then there's another doctor who's going to investigate to understand the root cause of your symptoms, really wants to understand why and what needs to change. And then they treat that root problem rather than a temporary Band-Aid. This doctor, it takes more time, but the results lead to healing. Which doctor do you pick? And of course, I'm referring to the churches today. Too many churches today, they're after encouragement only. The quick hallelujah is immediately celebrating rather than breaking it down for the people to teach them that it is their responsibility to work out their own salvation and understand why that word is spoken to them in that moment so that they can implement it in their life and abide by it, okay? So that they can take the steps that are required of them to get the promises of God, amen? Nobody is teaching this parable and saying there's a problem when Jesus is saying immediately, immediately they are rejoicing. It's not wrong to rejoice at the word of God. This instruction is holy and powerful. I'm so glad we have it. I love it. I love it and I hope you love it. But there's a problem when you rejoice immediately. He is saying that there's a problem with immediate joy and gladness when hearing the word. Jesus is saying that this person is a victim of a certain behavior. This is what Jesus is saying. So again, there is a problem with the word immediately. Jesus is very intentional. That's not a mistake that it's there. There's a problem that it happens immediately, and it's hard to catch what Jesus is trying to say. The Holy Spirit, I just want to stress this, the Holy Spirit will reveal these sorts of things to you and me so that we can see it and understand it.
And here's the problem. The word of God requires thinking day and night. And people don't remember that. It requires thinking day and night. And the person who hears the word and experiences the word, they will be led to tribulations. That's what the Lord is saying. The word of God needs to be chewed. You cannot just immediately rejoice. It needs to be chewed like steak. You chew it and you chew it. And it's not milk. Milk teachings are for babies. We need to eat the meat of the word and grow up, right? We need to mature, spiritually mature, okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, this is written by Paul, right? And it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. Even now you were still not able, for you were still carnal. So Paul was having difficulty communicating spiritual things to baby Christians, the spiritually immature. Today there are a lot of babies who think that they are spiritual, but if they were spiritual, they would grow. All right? And you know a person by their fruit, by the evidence. What are they doing? You, you can tell if somebody is growing or not. But it's the person that deceives themselves into thinking, I'm a steak eater. I don't just drink milk like a baby. But in reality, they are actually still a baby. Paul says carnal, referring to selfish, fleshy. Paul is saying they are all about themselves rather than all about God. Paul said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, and you could not receive it. When you are a spiritual person in the church and you encounter the same person who talks about the same fleshy things and fleshy desires over and over and over again, that's who Paul is referring to. In Hebrews chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 12 to 13, and it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So again, though by this time you ought to be teachers, meaning it's been too long since you've heard the word of God. You still don't have any students to disciple. You should be a teacher. So the author of Hebrews is rebuking, saying you should be teaching, but you still need taught. You still need milk. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Okay? Unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he or she is a baby. The word of Jesus is meat. It requires teeth, so it's not for babies. Babies can't understand it. Why? Because they're too young. They haven't matured. They may want to understand it but they don't even understand what to do with it. It's like the church congregation drinking from literal bottles of milk with a rubber nipple. Doesn't that seem stupid? Doesn't that seem so silly? It doesn't make sense. But that is the state of the church today. Leviticus speaks of go-to chew food. Then they chew it again, and they chew it again. Isn't that good? Chewing the word, remembering it. That's why that's shared with us in Leviticus. You know, today, it's like prophecy. Prophecy is implanted word. All right, many receive joy when they receive a word. 
that God has good plans for them. They jump for joy, but they fail to understand the work that they must do to see that promise, right? That prophesied word come to pass in their life. A true prophecy happens through many sorrows, and there is not a prophecy that came to pass without many sorrows, meaning without going through many trials. And keep in mind as well that some prophecies are false. And the false prophet has the easiest job in the world. They just speak. They just speak. Then they take credit if anything comes to pass. You can discern false prophets, okay? Through the Holy Spirit, you can discern them. Jesus prophesied the disciples would preach the gospel to all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. You must know that this will happen without a doubt because Jesus said it, but not without many sorrows and tribulations. Prophecy is fulfilled through many sorrows because the way to the truth is difficult. Difficult is the way the word of God tells us. So when you hear the word, seek to understand it. I want to encourage you to seek to understand it. There are churches that just keep saying amen, amen, hallelujah, praise God, but they don't even remember to chew the word, to ask themselves internally, what do I need to do to get that? How must I change? What must I get involved in? Instead, immediately, they just rejoice. The word of God is going to lead you to be uncomfortable because you're going to have to change. Remember this, but back to the parable. In verse 17, and I'm in Mark chapter 4, verse 17. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Okay, so again, they rejoice immediately. And because they do so, they have no root in themselves. So they have no roots because they celebrate too soon. They do not have an understanding and there wasn't time for a root to form. And that does take time. Again, chewing the word. The roots go deeper. So our understanding must go deeper. As the roots go deeper, our flesh is destroyed, meaning our own desire is overcome. Our thoughts become captive of the word of God. And our temptation is bound. It becomes captive. When our flesh is destroyed, we become more spiritual. No longer a baby on milk, but an adult eating meat. Like a strong-rooted tree. We are like trees, and we will not stand if our roots are only shallow in the ground. Our roots must be deeper. Very deep roots, making it so difficult for Satan to pull us up. If we're all trees, our roots will seek food. Okay? Our roots, they spread out. They're seeking for food and water. So the tree will continue to live. Likewise, we seek the word of God so that we can live. We seek for food. This is what happens to trees of God. This is what happens when you are rooted in the word. If you are in Christ, then you are a tree. And in Psalms chapter 1, it mentions the location of trees by the rivers of the water. It's so close to the water. It's close to life, always the source. This is the one who doesn't follow the counsel of the ungodly. The roots or the hearts of Christians seek for more and more knowledge, seeking in all directions. Imagine those roots spreading out in all directions under you. As the roots of the tree seek for food and water, the tree lives. 
okay? So the roots spread. This is the consequence of the roots seeking for water. It's possible, and it becomes strong. Okay, there's evidence. The tree will become strong, and it's going to bear fruit in all seasons, day and night. Amen? Do you see the problem with immediately shouting the hallelujah without chewing the word, without really understanding it? Though the joy, right, the celebration dwells for a time, it goes away. Right? And the word confirms when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately these people that celebrate, that just take the encouragement, that just celebrate for joy, immediately they stumble. Right? And what's a tribulation? That's a hardship. Right? Persecution arises for the word's sake, meaning the word of God will take you through persecution. It's what the word of God does. Nobody is an exception here. It takes us through persecution and affliction. We will be mistreated. If we did not experience tribulation, we will not understand the word of God. Without tribulation, it's just head knowledge without roots. Just like some people who only go to seminary. There's no roots without experience. So immediately, these are the people that stumble and stumble. Lots of head knowledge, but no application. They can't truly understand it. So again, immediately they're joyful upon hearing the word, but they stumble, meaning they fall into sin because there is no root. You need to give it time to develop. And today the church is all drama. Many churches are just a show creating immediate emotion. And there's a problem with this because there's no root. You condition a person to not have a root. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to have the lights and the screens, but if that's not backed up by a true teaching to ensure understanding in the people, you're going to have a congregation of people that stumble because they will not have a root. Amen. Aren't you happy to know this and hear this? It does not only take time for the word to work in us. Time is not the only factor for the word to root in us is what I mean. It takes day and night meditation, yes, which is time, which is what the word of God says, but it takes us to go through tribulation for our roots to go deeper, which is also what the word of God says. So it's true. If you are not persecuted by your faith, the root, according to Jesus, not me, is not going to go deeper. Shallow roots equals easy to stumble. Amen? And in closing, I want to take you to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The faith triumphs in trouble. And it reads, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. So verse 3. And not only that, but we, this is Paul saying this, by the way, we also glory in tribulation. So for the sake of the word of God, we go through affliction. Paul says, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, character, and hope. And hope does not disappoint. It's poured into us from the Holy Spirit himself. Amen. So we glory in tribulation. You know, I'm not afraid of being persecuted. 
Because then I know the word is taking me to the persecution. It's the only way to get rooted. It shall happen. Why? Because God said it. I welcome it. Why? So the word of God can work in me. That I may be delivered. Do you want to be the one who rejoices immediately? Or the one who chews the word and stands through the storm so that when the storm passes, you're rooted, still strong, still arm in arm with Jesus Christ. I know which one I would pick. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.